we are here and um, we're drinking some incredibly fancy water. AD, can you tell us about what we're what we're consuming here? Oh yes, right now we've got some Perrier uh, inside of a wine glass. Uh, I've got Arrowhead lemon lime uh, sparkling water from from the spring region of the mountains. <laughs> yes, you're drinking us uh, strawberry Perrier. Uh, zero calorie, and it just elevates your experience when, when you put it inside of a glass. Of a glass. This accent could do some work. I feel like it's pretty good. No? I, I feel like it's, it's pretty good, but it feels like a caricature of an accent. Sure, and it keeps like fluctuating you know, <laughs> from like, what region I'm from and how bad it is. Anyway, what, drink, what drinking <laughs> sparkling water out of a wine glass is my favorite thing, because the thinness of the glass... It just it just makes it seem like I'm it's so crisp when I'm drinking it. It's so delicious. The can is not the perfect conduit in for anything. Yeah, I mean I like an ice cold can of Coke, but what would I like better? An ice cold glass of Coke. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You feel the difference? You know what I'm saying? I can feel the difference. Yeah. Yeah. When when the 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 beverage is so cold that it frosts the outside of the glass. That's what I'm talking about. It's visually just like that's gonna be delicious, you know. It's just and then when you drink it, it's so crisp. And just the feeling of holding a wine glass makes you feel. I feel a like we extra. should record all the podcasts just holding a wine glass <laughs> with nothing inside of it, or sometimes something inside of it, but yes, most of it's holding just it. Swirling. <laughs> is it, why do we do that? When we have a glass of wine, you swirl it incessantly for whatever reason. Not does, because does that not bring the, the sentiments, uh, sediments. Uh, I mean, apparently it does, but I do it with everything. Everything that's in a wine glass, if it's water, oh, you swirl it? yeah, I swirl it. Because like made to do that. Yeah, and it looks nice when it does it. Yeah, it's funny, guys. Listen to me drink this. <laughs> ah, delicious. Okay, there's a there's something big I wanted, I wanted to chat with you about. Something big. Something big. Uh-oh. It's not that big, but it's actually, it is big. Um, this, well, I guess technically a week ago, we celebrated our first anniversary of hey. Blacklight. Oh, of Blacklight. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, congratulations. <laughs> hey, it is the one year. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Is that crazy? That is crazy. Blacklight has been around for a whole I year. I don't know if I believe that. It's true. It's been a year already. That's crazy. Our first episode was on July 19th, 2018. So we are... All right, let's have a party. Yeah, we should have a Blacklight First anniversary party. Next month, maybe? Yeah. All right. right. August. Sometime in August, we're going to have a party. Yeah, if you're hearing this, you're invited. All right. Blacklight party, yeah. So how do you feel about the podcast? you feel like we... What do you... What... Is this podcast? <laughs> no, but seriously, but see, what, <laughs> like if if we were to have a podcast intro, do you know what I mean? Like the little fifteen sec or ten second spot where they're like, "This podcast talks about blah 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 blah." Yeah. What are we What are we talking about? It's funny because I would probably have said something different six months ago than I do now. Okay, what would you have said six months? Six ago? months ago, I've been like, "This is a photography podcast where we expose the industry." Which is, well, I think, generally our mantra. Yeah, that's our like underlying like we're exposing them, we're, but not like negative. No, no, like, no. We're, we're casting light, a black light, on to see the things that are in the shadows yeah. of the photography industry. Yeah, primarily yeah. wedding photography. Yeah, wedding photography <clears throat> industry. Yeah, I would agree with that. Six and ago. today, I don't think that's not true. But I also think we also talk about a lot more stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of it is more related to photography, and some of it less related. So, what would you would you just say? 
Where two photographers talking about life? Uh, that's possible. Yeah, I think there's a, a um, I think there's a, a little community element of of Blacklight where it's been people, people have been listening now for a year theoretically. Some mm-hmm. have, and they're and it's like there's kind of a little a loyal fan base of people who are just like listening to us dissect life, meaning, photography, art, yeah, race, everything. It's crazy. So all to say. I'm not really sure if I have an answer for now, but I think it's it's the six month evolution of six months ago. I think it's good. I think you're right. I think we <laughs> that is what we talk about. We, but you know what? Actually, I'm mean, gonna just cut you off. I'm sorry. But it's okay. <laughs> I mean, after a year, I'm used to. It. <laughs> oh no, I'm just kidding. Um, I also feel like we had a lot more guests six months ago. And mm-hmm. so that kept it being very photo and wedding centric. And as we've had less guests, not not by our own, not because we wanted to have less guests or fewer guests, but just because people got busy, it'd be harder to coordinate, et cetera, that we just kept talking about other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a lot easier to just come and talk and and then uh, not to I mean, coordinate. But that's production. what happens in real life. If yeah. you, you know, when you meet a photographer, you just talk about whatever's going on. Photography may come up. It may not, you know, and so that's, I think that's what I like about the pod is just like, we're just out here, we're just talking, but people also know that we have knowledge of the photo industry. Yeah. And so we we might get, we might talk about the multiverse for a whole entire episode, but at the end of the episode, we'll drop a nugget. <laughs> That it will probably change your business forever. Probably change forever. <laughs> you know, you know, like, yeah, you're welcome. Like, oh, yeah. dang it, we forgot. Like, we didn't hear that far. You know, and so I think that's, it's very interesting. Maybe some people hate that, but, uh, you know, wh- my goal is still to have something that people can edit to. Well, you know, just yeah. like something weird, something fun, not and not always heavy. I don't want something that's always like, like hey, uh, let's talk about this issue. Let's talk about this issue. Let's talk about this issue. It's like, listen, I don't want to teach you. I don't want to be preached at right. all the time and so yeah 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 <clears throat> well that was actually something i literally thought of two minutes before we started that's like oh yeah we probably do this about a year now it turns out it's true but i do want to talk about something today oh that's not the thing it's an issue that's the, no 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 not an issue. Oh, okay. <clears throat> something i'm thinking about a lot <laughs> um i want to talk about fear oh dang what are you most afraid of ad <sighs> Why, why Besides being this? alone. Can we? Yes. After we talk about fear, we have to talk about happiness. Um, but fear. What am I most afraid of? Like, it's funny. Now I'm thinking about the Enneagram questions. Oh like, hmm, what did they say about me? How do I don't know what I'm afraid of. The Enneagram test says. <laughs> Let me look at my Enneagram book to see yeah. what I'm afraid of. <laughs> um... <clears throat> I mean, I think at this point, I mean, if we're going to go for it at this point in my life, I don't necessarily think of it as a fear in the sense that I um, I feel good about my life and I'm happy. But there is like, oh, I want to get married and have kids and all that kind of stuff. And so there's a little bit of a fear that that might not happen. But I don't I'm not afraid. I don't feel fear. It's just like. Oh yeah, I should probably do that. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I don't feel like I need to force it or anything like that. Uh, but if there's anything that I, 
you know, and, and then in that, I'm sure there will be a lot of other fears that grow out of just like, oh, how do I make sure I'm a good dad and all that kind of stuff. And, but man, my, my life right now is so easy. I, that it, it's, I don't know that there are a lot of fears, like legitimate, like deep fears. I'm sure I fear like my client's not liking my work or something like that, but uh, is I don't know. Like you know, I, I work pretty hard. You're not so. scared of like sea creatures or something? Oh, you were trying to make this lighthearted. No, no, I'm just. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just feel like that's right. That's that's the thing I'm most afraid of. Is like sea creatures. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're very afraid of real things. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, I guess I don't like. Oh, are you making fun of me from dinner the other night? No, not at all. I don't like wasps. Okay. I'm. I will admit that I am afraid of. I literally hornets. hadn't thought about that. Since. Okay, <laughs> I thought that's what you're trying to get me to say. I don't, because they fly in that sort of like slow, like calculated way around you. My thing is stinging no matter what. Yeah, they're like, I got you. It's like they're an airplane coming in, or like a helicopter coming yeah. in slowly, bobbing and weaving. You you swing at it, and they're like, they fly away, and I'm like. And you think like your life's over. It's like, <laughs> and now they're in the air. They're gonna come down and beeline it to me like a cartoon, and you know, and sting me. And so, I, I will scream like a little schoolboy when there is a wasp around. Like I will just run. Like, and I, it just. You were so brave the other night. I was holding strong, but I think Hillary. I was sitting next to Hillary, <laughs> and I was like sort of cuddling up next to her. I was like, Hillary. <laughs> She probably thinks I was joking, but I'm not. Like, I'm like, get that thing away from me. Um, I mean, I probably have a... I don't have, like, an irrational fear of anything, but, like, snakes. I mean, I don't like oh, I don't snakes. like snakes either. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But I just don't like snakes. I don't know that I... I mean, I would hold a snake or... I would not hold a snake. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. They're terrifying. Because they move so fast. Sure. And they're so scary. Well, okay, so go into fear. I mean, we, we will talk about real things, like seriousness and serious things. But, um... I would think a lot about fear because in photography, I feel like it's not that uncommon for people to be specialized in one thing. Like, for example, you specialize in shooting weddings or you specialize in, like, shooting headshots or commercial or editor, whatever kind of thing it is. But it doesn't matter. And because it's very often that I'll tell other photographers, like, oh, yeah, I shoot a lot of weddings. And people are like, oh, man, I'm terrified of shooting weddings. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me because I – but I know it so well. But I've been thinking a lot about the fact that – At least for myself, if I am put in a position where I don't know how to do something well, it usually can be very scary for me to, like, say yes to something. And I'm trying to be better about saying yes to doing things, even if I don't know how to do it quite yet, Mm -hmm. and being willing to learn on the fly. And I've been thinking about that because I think that is something really interesting for people who are in business is this idea of, like, taking on not saying no to work just because you're scared of it. So, for example, someone reached out to us about doing some a headshot for one, like, their chief marketing officer they just hired. And they're like, oh, we want to look like these photos. And they're all obviously studio lit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have a st- one light, and I'm not super great at it, but I'd like to learn more. But I'm like, man, I feel really intimidated to take money and take responsibility and be like, I will do this headshot for your person, and I'll light it myself. That seems really scary. But I wrote them back and was like, I can totally do that. And I was like, and that's not something I normally do, I feel like, because mm-hmm. I don't normally be like, hey, I can do this. Because I think I, my fear would be like, I don't want to do it wrong. I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to like, mm-hmm. I don't want the, the responsibility. So I'll just say no. 
and I'm trying to be really better about like doing not not yeah not doing that and to actually start saying yes to stuff. So I'm curious. May I say five things? Five, say <laughs> as many as you want. First thing is um, for that headshot, uh, I would definitely send that photo out to for editing. Yeah, yeah. Because matching the background of a headshot that someone else did and mm-hmm. matching their lighting, if you don't know how to do it, it can be difficult. And so once you get your lighting right for the subject and you have the background that you think matches them, right. even when you get them in to Photoshop, the background might look different right. just because of whatever situation yep. you decide you don't know recently. what they shot with, you know? Yeah. And so I would very quickly, don't even try to match it. I would just send it to an editor because they know how to do that so quickly as opposed I had a friend deal with this and she was editing for hours. Like she was just like can't get it right. She sent it to them. They were like, it's not the same. And to her, it looked the same, blah, blah, blah. And then she just sent it to, uh, she sent it out. And within like 30 minutes, it was back and it was perfect, you know, that kind of thing. And so I would, uh, I would just like get that into your workflow. Hmm. You don't even have to worry about it uh, for that. Um, for, uh, I mean, obviously you can figure it out, but you know, you don't need to be editing anyway. Um, then, no, I think you're right about fear. I think fear is this sort of, it's, it's our, our brains are lazy and it's our, the way for our, let's we think about it, think about our old, like, uh, self or our old man just like fighting in the, in the jungle or whatever. Man, you know, but seriously, man is like, you do the things that keep you safe. Right. And anything other than this is how I get food today, and then this is how I use the restroom, and this is how I stay safe, going around, going to another corner, there could be a bear around that corner. Right. Your brain tells you not to do it. Your brain says, no, it's just like this old, uh, it's just like old thought or old man-like thinking where you can't do anything other than your normal routine. And so... I think as artists, one, we're already sort of breaking that barrier. But I think what that is, is it comes up in us as fear. Like, oh, I can't go around that corner or I can't do something new or I can't do, I can't just push myself. Right. Because, you know, your old brain is saying, that's not safe. That's not how you normally do things. That's not how you're going to make money. Like, what if it goes wrong? Blah, blah, blah. Which, listen, sometimes it does feel, but I had a guy, you're talking about the, like the business world. I had a guy, I knew a friend, I still know him, and he is a, he was a theater major, but he worked for like, um, let's say he worked for Chase Bank. Mm-hmm. He works for a big bank, but he works for in their corporate department. And he says they're in these meetings, and every time uh, something comes up in the meetings where the big boss is like, hey, we need someone to spearhead this. Who can do aggregated number number, number things or whatever? And he has no experience seeing that, but he's always the first to say, yes, I can do it. And he always moves up. That night, he Googles it. <laughs> and that's how he learns to do it. <laughs> and, he, and I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, I just work harder than anyone in the room. And so even though I don't know how to do literally any of this stuff, I don't have a business degree. Like he's, I was like, what was your major? Theater. He's like, I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I literally just YouTube it. And the information is all out there, which you could do too for right. your lighting. Right. But the information is all out there. I just YouTube it, and then I come back the next day, and this is like aggregated number, 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 you know? And that's 
how he does it. And I was like, wow, what a, an amazing way to like, one, he works hard, but to get out of, you know, he's just, he's not lazy and he's moving up yeah. in his job. He's like, yeah, they love me. He's younger than most of the people that work there. Hmm. And so his avenue to success is literally just no fear. He's just yeah. like, yeah, I can do that. Which I think I, we all need a little bit more of, yeah, I'll do that. You mm-hmm. know, like, I'll do that. Even though I, I've lost this whole, like, pride thing around headshots and pride thing around, like, oh, I'm a whatever sort of photographer and I have to make this much money and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I'm, I just, I want to shoot. I want to work hard and I want to make pictures and it, it is just photography. So right. mm-hmm. it's not like, it's not rocket science. It literally is not rocket science. The moment you think that you're so good at anything, some little 20 year old kid with camera, you know, will put Vaseline on their camera <laughs> and you'll be like, what? You'll just get old and you know, all your all your pride will just be knocked down anyway. Anyway. Um, Dang. I feel like there's a lot of a lot of fear beneath the surface. A lot of... Yes, a lot of fear. And that fear lingers there. S- sip from... <laughs> sip from your wine glass your, of your water. water. We oh. should get goblets. We should get blacklight goblets. That'd be freaking awesome. Yes. We need some blacklight merch that we can sell. Yeah. Ooh, blacklight merch. Hmm. Um, is there anything that you have been afraid of to do with photography? that you maybe would do now or things you're afraid of now that maybe in a year from now you may actually pursue? Hmm. Things that I'm afraid of. Um, no, I, I think I am pretty good at, like, whatever I dream up, I try to do. Like, maybe I don't dream enough, but I try to just, like, yeah, I can do, I'll figure, I'll think of something that I don't think I can do and I'll try to make it happen. I think that's like my that's like my corner on the market. Mm-hmm. I can try to do what I dream up as as opposed to just doing what's out there. And so I don't feel like there's anything like that necessarily where I'm like, man, I, I will hopefully in the future I can do that. Um, yeah, I think for a long time I was like, oh my gosh, I want to keep pushing. Uh, money, like I just mm-hmm. want to keep. Uh, I want to not just shoot ten thousand dollar weddings. I want to shoot twenty thousand dollar weddings, and then thirty thousand dollar weddings, and then I I did a I reassessed a few a few months ago. I reassessed like what my happiness is. I was like, hey, ad, how do you envision happiness? What does that look like for you today? And then what does it look like for you in five years? Um, and those two things are different, but for me today, happiness was um, sitting around the dinner table mm-hmm. with some friends and mm-hmm. eating food. And so I was, like, been very intentional every week. It's just like, that's what I'm going to do. But understanding how much money I need to make that happen. Right. And then also going to the five-year AD, I'm like, all right, AD, what do you have to do to make that person real? You know, how, how does that person materialize? money-wise too okay i need this much money to make these dreams come true in for five years so i i I sort of one i don't i personally just don't want to suspend my happiness for today especially because it's not very expensive like it's just dinner you know i just have to make it happen um and so i'm not suspending that happiness i'm just you know but i'm i'm thinking about all of that stuff and making a plan for the future. But photography-wise, there isn't anything that I'm like, 
oh, how do I, what do I need to do, or what do I, yeah, I don't think there's anything holding me back, besides, you know, I think I wanted, I said all that to say, I want to shoot more weddings, and so I've emailed planners, and I'm letting them know, like, no, I have, have offerings starting at 5k, mm-hmm. you know, like, as opposed to being like, listen, I'm 10k, and I'm, blah, 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 which is fine, right, and it's just a real, just like, I, I could, one day, maybe I'll shoot all my weddings that high but at this point for my happiness right now and for the happiness what I've realized is like I don't have to make $30,000 a wedding like, right I don't need to I can make if I shoot you know 25 weddings at 5 or 6k that's fine right and that's easier to attain for me than you know the 13 or 15 weddings at 10 that's just it's just really hard yeah you know? like yeah for, for especially where I am but um Although it's been it's been good years, and I still might do that in a couple of years, but um, yeah. So, what about you? Do you have anything that you're? I feel like just more of like my fears in general regarding photography have been around letting people down or failing to do a job that I said I could do that I didn't do, mm-hmm. and so I think I'm. But I think I'm learning to let go of that and learning to actually work more with people to say, hey, if I don't. In theory, if the job is big enough, say, hey, I don't know how to light, but I can hire a guy to light stuff for me and be like, and be willing to like make strides and bring people on and start saying yes to more stuff and then forcing myself to figure it out. Because I think for me, it's easier to say no simply because I, I don't know. And I'd rather, and I just, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I want to be better about that because I feel like I've left so many opportunities on the table because they seem scary. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like it's a really good way to run a, you run a business or even just like be, like be intentional about what I'm creating. It's like, yeah, if it's too hard, like, well, I, I guess I'm like, yeah, saying, t- am I turning things down just because they're too hard or they sound too hard or because I don't know and I want to know 100% before I step into something? So I think that's been an interesting thing to like just uh, address that in my head and be like, okay, like I'm, I don't want to disappoint people. That leads to me saying, playing things safe because I'm worried about what people think and want them to be happy. But it's like, I can't be. At the end of the day, I gotta like push myself because I'll never be happy if I'm just sticking in the same safe avenue. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You asked me this a while ago. It wasn't on the pod, but you were like, "At what point does it not make sense to keep learning?" Mm-hmm. Right. You know, wh- what do you think about that? Hmm. I mean, I feel like those things are true. I still think those things are still relevant and a relevant question. But again, for example, this example here, it's like. Someone reached out to us about a headshot for one person. I'm like, okay, that means me lighting it. It means me doing all the stuff for it, et cetera, because it doesn't make sense to hire a team out for that. Someone's like, so then you think about how much you want to charge for that. And it's like, yeah, do you think someone would want to pay this much money for one sh- like one photo, one person? Mm-hmm. But I do think that, like, the element of, like, I do think that's still true, but like, what's the what's the value of continuing to learn more stuff? Like, for example, if we had a big shoot, which we actually did yesterday, where we need to have lighting brought in and a lighting tech and all that kind of stuff like that, it's like, I think though I'm scared that like, I will commit to something and not be able to find the right person for it, and then I'll be stuck doing it myself. I have to come back and say, hey, we can't do that. And so I'm trying to be better about that and saying, but I still do hold that thing of like, how valuable is it to really keep learning stuff? If you can find specialists to do those things for you and then build a team. I think people are scared of building teams. They're scared of, like, finding more people and, I don't know, they're scared of adding associates because it's, like, that seems daunting to, like, trust somebody or, you know, have trust your clients or your brand or your name with somebody else. But, like, I, I just, I don't know. It kind of goes back to that, that the business side of, like, 
what's the ceiling? Because I think so many wedding photographers, wedding sure. photographers have a, a very strong ceiling on what they can ever make doing mm-hmm. photography. But I just don't think we talk about that very often. So I guess it depends if you want to break through the ceiling or if you're happy just like cruising because. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. There's a ceiling. There's like a. You can only make this much money right. in the. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I think we don't talk about like it's realistically yeah if you do things the same way everyone else does you can probably walk away pre taxes making between one twenty and one fifty pre taxes yeah and that's probably it across the board for every wedding photographer and that's before expenses about too unless you do things different than what everyone else is doing mm-hmm. and if you do things differently then you can surpass that but if you do what everyone else is doing you're in that you're tied to that same amount of that's that's your max capacity. Yeah, and that's not having any weekends. Right. Um, yeah. Hmm. So yeah. no, that's a that's a lot of stuff, man. I I think I I thought about that quite a bit for a while. I was like, oh, can we can we stop? Like, should we stop learning? Or and I think you're right. Is that there's two different avenues of thought on it. Like, you for your business. It does make sense that you maybe stop doing some of the things that you can hire out. Right. I, I think it does It does make sense to do that. But also for your business, that means you have space to learn something else right. and to grow another part or to, you know, which doesn't mean you stop learning. It just means you're, you're not you're not doing the things that uh, aren't aren't productive. You're, or, you're not doing like the yeah. technical tasks that require a specific like strong suit or a specific like skill set for one particular thing. Mm-hmm. It's more of the, you're learning more of the strategy that you can be applied again and again and again to similar situations. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean that like, but you know, it's funny cause I, I shot this wedding and I thought about setting it off for editing, but I was like, I can edit the wedding in a day. And like, so I called the wedding and edited the wedding like in a couple hours. And I was like, yeah, I get paid a couple hundred bucks to do this and be still be probably still worth the money, like to do to send send this off for two hundred fifty, three hundred bucks. But I'm like, but the fact that I can do it in a day or less than a day instead of other stuff to me is like that's still like, meh. Like why would I pay the money if I can just do it so quickly? Yeah. Well, do you still think this or? I mean, I think it just depends on how busy. I think it depends on how busy I'm. If I was like busy, like I got shoots every week, it's crazy, things are good, and like it's, you know, then I think I just feel bad like spending money on something I can do myself if I don't have something else in that same time frame. Like yeah, I'm not really. I don't really need to send this off. I don't want to. It's just me being lazy. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm like, okay, I guess I should just do it myself. Um, but if, I, if things are at max capacity, then I think it's learning to like how to balance those things. Okay, if I'm at max capacity, I can't edit everything. I should edit. I should pass this off. But I'm. But at that time, I was not at max capacity, so I was like, yeah, it's fine to. I'll just mm-hmm. sit down and do it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Right. So you work. You're such a hard worker, man. Do you? Uh, what do you think about what happiness looks like for you now and what it looks like yeah. in the future? Oh man, this has got from fear to happiness. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I know. I think I'm wrestling with a lot of that stuff. I feel like I feel generally happy. I like I like to work. I think it's really enjoyable. I also really like like I so I think for me like a future that doesn't involve work doesn't seem very interesting because I'm like what would I do with all my time? But <laughs> sure, you'll find something. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I just like the problem solving of building something, but sure, even sure. thinking like even kind of like you came over dinner, dinner the other night, and then we also had you and the bakers come over a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That stuff was really great, and I love having people over, and I love like sharing life with people. I like how we decided to have dinner at your house. Yeah, <laughs> I think we were together when we were texting. And you were like, 
let's uh, let's make it because I think I was like Andrew, text him and say, "Hey Levi, will it be easier if we just do it at your house?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Ha, ah, sure." Uh, I, I, yeah, I like, who cares? I like, go. Oh, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, let's uh, let's have dinner at Levi's house <laughs> in his, his fancy backyard. Mm. <laughs> and, and then poor, poor Katie and Addie got stung. Oh yeah, that was a bummer. Bees, yeah, um, my biggest little dang bees. Um, but I do think like it's like saying, hey, I surround myself with people and family. And I think what's been crazy actually too is like Honor, our daughter, has gotten way more like like visceral in the sense that she's so much more engaged with the real world mm-hmm. and in terms of like like you ask her like like we, we say like okay one two three teach her to count a little bit and so like say like one and she'll be like two and it's just like oh mm-hmm. like you're engaging like and it makes the world more the more because as a kid she's just like like you need your diaper changed you need to be fed it's like you're taking care of them and I think now it's just almost like it's almost like back and forth banter yeah. that can happen between me and her. Yeah, some um, really interesting banter there. Yeah. yeah. One, <laughs> two. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> oh, dads. But even things like, it's just like, she's got these like little pacifiers and we keep telling her like, hey, you can only have them while you're sleeping. And because she'd have them all the time and they're kind of a comfort thing. And so we've been kind of like putting them back in her, in her, in her crib when she gets up, she has them for naps. And so in the morning, I say, okay, like, hey, where do your babies go? Because she calls them her babies. Mm-hmm. And she'll point to her crib. And I say, okay. And she'll go, bye, my babies. And it's like, oh, oh my gosh. So you get this concept of, like, saying, like, I'm saying goodbye mm-hmm. to, this, to this thing, and I'm doing something different. And I'm like, that's so cool. Like, it's just kind of crazy. And you just, like, you recognize that there's things, like, swirling in her mind where she is learning things and saying things. And even, like, she saw a photo of Hillary's brother, and she goes, Hayden. She, like, looked at his photo, and she put And it's like, man, like, you are interacting with the world. Yeah. And I think that thing has been really cool because it means, like, I see our relationship becoming more um, dynamic where it's like, hey, we're actually able to have a – obviously now it's very limited to one, two, and moose, <laughs> no moose, and things moose. like that. Moose. Yeah. But <laughs> – yeah, but it's cool to be like, okay, there's like that level of engagement interaction, which I think is dope. So I th- going back to happiness, I think happiness is just like interacting and having a space to share life with people. That's a meal or a conversation mm-hmm. or a little joke or just, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I feel so... Exposed? It feels so exposed. So blacklit. So blacklit. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do here at the Blacklight Podcast. We take breaks for no reason. <laughs> And insert music, and then then we come back, and uh, we just talk about whatever <laughs> is on our mind, and it's good. Speaking you know, of breaks, we're... let's take a quick break. <laughs> we'll <No>. come back. <laughs> let's take a quick break, guys. Uh, go do so. I wonder if people pause. They, they just listen to the break. Probably, I imagine they probably just listen right through the break. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was mostly just kidding because let's not take a yeah. break. Um, but talk, talk about your fear, your your joys, your happiness. I already said it. I literally just said just it was be, yeah, happiness. People, yeah. That it was dinner, and then you stole mine. <laughs> that, that's it? I mean, I don't know, not that that's just that's it. That's it. Like, okay. I'm a very boring okay. person. Okay. I feel like when I say that's it, that makes it sound like, <laughs> man, that's, that's lame. That's, that's, that's what happiness looks like for you? You need better, better, better happiness thoughts. But, I mean, I feel, <laughs> okay, I don't know. I feel like you've got a lot of, I mean, yeah. I do have a lot of hobby, hobbies, and I enjoy doing the things that make me happy. So for me, that is uh, going swing dancing. I make sure I go dancing at least once a week, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I ride my motorcycle, and I walk my dog, and, 
you know, like my life is pretty chill. And then I go travel and shoot weddings and do that. So that's all, all obviously awesome. But sometimes it seems so separate. I don't know. Do you feel that sometimes? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, it's like, yeah, here. And then in a week, oh, yeah, I'm in L.A. shooting this random couple in in a mountain. And then, then I'm back just doing my yeah. life. So, so I think about it, I'm like, because a few weeks ago I went to Cincinnati. I'm like, most people don't know that I went to Cincinnati. Yeah. And, which is fine. And it's like, shout this wedding. It's just a random, like, microcosm of, like, two, three days, hanging with people, doing stuff, shooting stuff. Because we had a friend of ours come down on second shoot from Columbus. Um it's like you'll never see these people again. And it's, just, it's like you're in a world that is yeah. only created for that event. And yeah. it's like, oh. And then, yeah, AD was there, but it's like... And then everyone who's here also has no idea what, what's going on over there. Yeah. It's just kind of like these two totally different worlds, and as I feel like they exist yeah. side by side. And so coming back, you're just you're kind of like, yeah, that was awesome. No one even... No knows. one knows. Yeah, no one cares. and you're just doing your thing. I mean, obviously... The photo community is like dope. You know, you're making work. But also, I feel like I guess as I'm there. less involved in like the like the like I don't feel like I'm shooting a wedding and turning around that same night and posting the photos on Instagram. So I'm kind of mm. like less like look at what I just did. I'm sure. like the photo community doesn't even know what I what I'm doing necessarily. Yeah, no, There's, that's that's more true for me. I think no one knows because yeah. I, I don't post anything. Yeah, I barely I just give it to my clients, and uh, sometimes they post it, but no one knows the last place I went or. Yeah where I'm going next or I and I don't I'm fine with that I just like yeah I'm just making my work and it's good and make my clients happy and that's kind of but I don't know maybe there's something to like maybe that's something that is a a good thing for social media is that maybe it connects like our entire worlds uh, to everything that we, you know mm. to the people that we that we know or people in our our view just because if I was to be more like Look at this wedding I'm shooting. Then I, maybe I would feel more connected to all of it. Maybe I wouldn't have that thought. Yeah, I think when I was traveling a lot more and much more like just shot this like today. Here's a photo. I feel like I was way more connected to. The, I was like trying to ride the momentum of being like here's stuff. Trying to find more work. Trying to like more hustle in the area. And now I'm kind of like it's gonna take care of itself. It's gonna be fine. But I don't necessarily feel like I need the validation of like the whole community. Mm-hmm. I think before I felt that and that need for validation, and now yeah. I kind of don't feel that as much. Yeah, I don't feel the need for the validation part. It's more just like, I was at a wedding a couple weekends ago, and the bride was insanely, she was like this beautiful woman who they, her and her now husband own a, a CrossFit gym. And so for the wedding, they, for their first dance, they're like, yeah, they're just like, they're jacked, like muscular people. And, you know, also very beautiful people. And they they were doing deadlifts. They brought literally they brought uh, like a bar with weights on it. And for their first dance, they were dancing for a second, and the music changed. It was like, and they started doing deadlifts, like a little <laughs> little competition. It was so wild. But that's what I mean by being disconnected. Yeah, is that I have this memory of this like insane moment where like this bride was doing deadlifts on the floor, like with like. So many weights. It looked crazy to me in her wedding dress. I have the photo, but the the people that I know around me don't have the same experience. Right. And so I can't like joke about it with them really, or I can't I can't really bring it up unless I tell them. Right. The only people that you can re- reference it with are strangers. Strangers or the guy that I went to the wedding. Yeah. With, but that's it. And so that's why I mean, when I, was, I feel so disconnected from like that part of me. Is like. Yeah, because no one knows. No one, you know, and so maybe if I, 
Maybe that's a thing for me. Maybe I'll start doing social media because of that. Like, I just needed a little incentive to, like, I yeah. want to be connected to you. It's, you know, that's, that's really interesting because I feel like I, the person I've done the most traveling with as a photographer has been Ed Pierce. He's based in London. He's a good buddy. And we've shot in Iceland twice, Italy once, and Malaysia together. And so we've had these really unique experiences. And, like, those couples, I was second shooting. We've second shot for each other. He shot for me in Iceland. I shot for him in those other places. Um, but it was really, I'm like, I had these really unique, like, experiences with Ed mm-hmm. in these random places where it's like we had an amazing dinner and all this kind of stuff. But these mm-hmm. really cool experiences just me and him. And, and then, like, but, like, the, and those things are, like, separate from, like, because the wedding days are usually, like, full-on chaos. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, like, I have these crazy experiences, like, hanging with the one buddy who I see very randomly. Very rarely, yeah. yeah. like, in, like, village, like, hey, remember how we ate street food? It's like, only him and only him and I shared that thing. Yeah. There's nobody else. Hillary's like, yeah, I guess you are in Malaysia that one time. I, it was so fast, I don't really remember. Just funny that, like, there's these whole, like, yeah. experiences that we have that, like, only, we can only share, like, one person in the world. That's me and Sachin are like mm-hmm. that. Like, he'll just like, hey, you want to go to this wedding? I'm like, sure. Or, and... And we go to the wedding, and it's just like we went to this bonkers wedding up in Vancouver. I loved it; like it was just so amazing. And it, it was one of those like this is what my life should be like. Like I like this, and um, it was just beautiful wine country, and everyone everyone's just dressed up, and just like a three day affair, and it was just very wonderful. And uh, I mean, I I blogged that wedding and showed it and. I think people understood it, but it's, I have that same thought. It's just like, like, or he came to, with me to Miami last year and that, that wedding was bonkers. And we went to this like fancy, like the fanciest vegetarian place I've ever been to, you know, like, like when they give you like one little thing, like a flower. It's like, (laughs) like a sliver of carrot with a flower and like some like drizzle. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And listen, it was delicious. Take that from a meat eater. You know, I was like, this is really good. You know, like, and it wasn't the kind of vegetarian food that is trying to be like, like uh, like meat food. food Yeah. It wasn't like an impossible burger. Yeah. Not like that. It was just like, this is the, these this are vegetables, is, and they're awesome vegetables. And this is what you can do with yeah. vegetables. And I mean, he's he's a vegan, so it was really interesting for him. But I'll never, you know. And I guess that's the nature of life. Like you don't always share all your experiences with everyone, right? But for our job, it, also, it just seems so, like so when random, we go to work, yeah, yeah, who you share them with? Because yeah. Sasha lives in Vancouver, yeah, but it's from London, and so it's like. What's like? What are the odds that like the odds like, are crazy? Because yeah. he just found me online. Right. He's just like, hey man, I like your work. Do you right. want to jam one day? This is years ago. He's yeah. Like, hey, from band, from he was in London at the time, I think. And I was like, uh, sure. And so, what are the odds? I was like, sure, man. I'll, I'll come to yeah, Vancouver. Arizona was or, the first wedding we shot. That's so crazy. Yeah, because he wanted someone in the states, and I was like, uh, sure, I'll come. And then we just hit it off. It was like that's dope. But it's so random. It is. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, cause it's harder. That those things are harder to explain to people who aren't in, in the industry. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I have people that I get coffee with every time I'm in Iceland who are like from Iceland and we're friends, but like we only see each other like once every other year or so. Yeah. And it's like, that's and that friendship can be so intense because, you know, you you might tend to be more open with right. a stranger, or to someone who's removed from your immediate life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, totally. And so. With Sachin, I might tell him a deeper truth about stuff than I might tell anyone else, just because it's it's just the, the nature yeah. of the relationship. It's like 
I don't see him very often. And so he's not in my, you know, and so he's not like, you tell someone like, hey, man, uh, I stubbed my toe yesterday. And if they're hanging out with you all the time, they're probably going to be like watching your toes to see if you're going to stub your toe again, you know, or see if you walk weird. Slashing doesn't do that. He doesn't have, he doesn't, he's not around me. What I'm just saying is when you tell someone something intimate, that was a bad example, but because you're looking at me like, what? <laughs> when you tell someone something intimate like that, uh, they, they have, they, you open up a window and you're exposed. Mm-hmm. And so if it's someone around you, you might feel exposed all the time. Right. But with Sachin, it's, he's, he's far away. And so I can tell him very deep things. He's like, oh yeah, think of this, think of this. And he, he will ne- I'll never feel it. It's like we get off the phone I don't think about it. I don't think about the fact that I just told him this, this, or that, um, or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's important to have. I think it's important to have that relationship. It's like very healing. He was probably one of the first people to come about issues. He was just like, "Hey, man, there's there is truth on the other side of the lies that you tell yourself." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" You know. And he he had gone to some conference. And he was like, listen, we just tell ourselves these these stories or stories that someone else might have told us, like our parents might have told us this story about us not being adequate. Mm-hmm. Or, and they might not have done it on purpose, but it's something that we put into our, our, our psyche where we were like, oh, we let that fear sort of take over or oh, you can't be this because you can't sing or you can't do this because you can't do that. You know, whatever lie it is that keeps us from living our full lives. Mm -hmm. Sasha was the first one to even confront me. He's like, hey, man, we all have these, like, barriers that situations, maybe dating, you know, Mm -hmm. for me, it was just like, he was like, oh, you might have a barrier where you don't think that you can fully connect with someone Mm -hmm. or whatever. And why that might be is a lie that you're letting have control over your life. Mm-hmm. You're allowing it to. And you're just talking about this freedom on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, like start confessing it and like start letting people know. It's like, Oh yeah, I think I had that fear, but I'm now moving on from mm-hmm. it. And it was like, so like, we're on the phone. We're just like, I'm not crying. Cause I don't really cry, but you know what I mean? But, um, it was like, so motivating, you know, like afterwards I was like, Oh, I need to call my brother. Like, and talk to him about some stuff. And it, he was, we had this great conversation. And he mm-hmm. was like, man, I think I actually think the same thing. And, and my brother said that. And it was just like, wow, there was something there. Mm-hmm. Like, that was that was really dope. And that was, um, anyway, I say that because it was easy to have that conversation with Sachin right. at first. Where he was just, like, telling me some stuff from his past. That was just, like, so deep. And I was like, dang, man, like, I didn't even realize this. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, but I'm moving on from it. And I was like, Wow. I also wonder, like, on, an, on another tip, it's like we're photographers. Do we have just, like, way too much time on our hands? <laughs> <laughs> just if you're about, listening to this podcast, the answer's probably yes. Yeah, I'm just thinking about <laughs> random stuff. It's like, I don't know. But, I, you know, that's the thing is I feel like, I feel like for photographers, there is this element of philosophy related to it that you kind of, yeah, you kind of in part. Maybe it's because you have too much time. Maybe it's because you're trying to see the world in a different way. Maybe it's because you're trying to see the, the world through a different lens. Yes. Boom. <laughs> you're right. I was reading a text. <laughs> Can you say that? <laughs> I didn't think you were going to stop. And so I was going to come back and just be like, yeah. 
I don't have anything else to say at that we, point. Photographers, we get to see the world through different No, lines. no, I, just, I was just saying that, like, as photographers, I think there is an element of philosophy that undermines or underlayers our approach in that we were trying to see the world through a different way or trying to oh. communicate something differently. Yeah. And I think we think about that, and that translates from the being a, a physical thing with photography to a metaphysical thing in our minds. Yeah, dope. I yeah. like that. No. Yeah. I think this is a, a strong Black Light episode. <laughs> This, this this is like this is that uh, encompasses the things that we yeah this is what blacklight is it's it's this conversation yeah. it's just like but expounded yeah photography is in there life is in there love is in there we're just two guys talking about life while drinking some sparkling water out of wine glasses and swirling it around swirling it around and it's, and clinking. That's an amazing clink. Wow. Yeah, these glasses are Dang. pretty dope, man. All right. Well, that's it for the week. Wait. Oh, yeah. I well. do have a, another question. Okay. <laughs> I, I wish people could see you pondering Me as you slowly drink nothing. Drink nothing out of your glasses. My glass is empty. <laughs> uh, Levi, where do you see the podcast going in the next few months? Well, what would you like to attain now that we've had a year to... Uh, to really get things underway. Is this your Sachin voice? No. Is I that Sachin? Is it I think like it's that? very, yeah, it's British. Well, yeah. I feel like, uh... I interviewed that. Sachin has, like, a Eastern England, London... East London. East twang. London. Yeah, whereas I'm sort of, like, Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, who's that? There's a part of people from London that are like, whoop, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I think it's like the 1800s. No, I'm telling you. Because <laughs> they always make fun of them on TV. They're like, what did you say? <laughs> anyway, I need to stop making fun of people from London. Uh, um, I, I can see the podcast continue on this way, but I would also love to keep getting more guests on and getting more voices out there. I think we're talking about stuff that's, that's. I think what's interesting is we talked at the beginning of the podcast, beginning of like the first six months, a lot about a lot, about a lot of issues and things that are more social. Mm-hmm. Which, and we're like, we should get more people to talk about these things and get their opinions and stuff across either side, which I, I still think is would be awesome. Yeah. I think as. Of, of I think, the last sorry, six, one of the routes we used to do that wasn't always to find the issue and then find the person. Right. We did it a, a few times, especially with the trans. Racial uh, adoption. adoption. Yeah. We found a person who dealt with it. But oftentimes the way we would do it, we'd just say, hey, what do you think the industry needs right. uh, to be exposed? You know, what what about the industry needs to be exposed? That's the way we sort of went around it. We just asked the people, our guests, like, hey. And I, I like that question. I, I like exposing the things because they might have a different perspective than we do, like then they or they might see a different problem, yeah. or not necessarily. It doesn't even have to be a problem. They might see something else. Just like, oh, this is a really great thing about the industry that people might not know, right. you know or whatever. Anyway, so that's uh, that's how we went about it. Anyway, continue. So you're saying, but I th- I think now as we've like had less guests and things like that, and less talking about like issues, like oh, what are they? What are these things that are happening in society that we're talking about, or mm-hmm. cultural movements, or whatever it is? It's more about like, hey, how does this interact and affect? our lives or how do we think about it in a greater picture um i can see us doing i can see us going back a bit more to how we were a few months ago doing mm-hmm. more more guests talking about more things on a higher level like how does this impact what are something that's happened that impacts all of us mm-hmm. um sure but i don't know but I, guess no, just I, can, I think i want to talk go. more a little bit more like you brought up the uh um you brought up 
Sorry. Uh, the four, July 4th episode, you, you brought up the people down uh, in Texas. Oh, the uh, two in on the, the border? In the, uh, yeah, yeah, in the camps. And uh, I think we, I sort of, like, dismissed it or kind of, like, talked around it. Yeah. But it, I think about that a lot, and it's definitely in the news a lot. So I don't want to shy away from issues. I definitely want to talk about all that stuff. Yeah. It's just, I also don't want the pod to be another news thing. Yeah, because the thing is, let's be honest. One, we're not journalists. Two, we're not news people. Three, it's just our opinions. And so you want Blacklight to be like a political podcast (laughs) about just our opinions. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But honestly, I think sometimes that's okay. I think so too, yeah. Just like, hey, this is what we think about it. Because sometimes people don't get to have that dialogue or to discourse about the situation. Like, you might have a thought, but I like talking to you about these things because you have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Or someone on the pod, you know, Matt might come in and say, hey, this is what I think, or this is what, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So we've had some people come and say things like, oh, you should do this, or we we have thoughts about the pod, or just whatever we're talking about. We don't always talk say that stuff out loud, but they'll say, oh, you might think about it this way. And that's what I appreciate you about having those conversations. Yeah. But it is true that I don't want to do it, like... Every episode. Every yeah, I, d- I definitely don't. I wanted to still be like, hey, you can just listen to this on the pod and whatever comes up. Yeah. Or on the, you know, while you're editing, whatever comes up is whatever well, comes up. Well, I think it's interesting, too, I think for some photographers, they may not be in a place where they have a community that around them that asks those kind of questions. Sure. Like maybe, maybe they don't have those conversations a lot in day-to-day life. Like, hey, what's happening down at the border? What do we think about that? Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think this can be cool. It can be all of people to, like, have a be part of a conversation about those things or they may not have it in their day-to-day life. Sure, sure. So, yeah. But. All right, man. All right. The future of the pod. Future I'm excited. Pod. I'm excited. We, let's. Uh, we can cheers. Let's cheers. Cheers to the Blacklight Podcast. That, I wonder if that comes across very obtrusive. <laughs> it probably does. <laughs> and also just annoying. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, don't do that. Stop doing that. <laughs> AD and Levi, stop doing that. <laughs> We won't clink any more glasses, but we will catch you next week. Peace.